What's your favorite scary movie? Thirteen Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. This week, we fall into the sunken place in Get Out. So, Stephanie. Yeah. Have you seen Get Out before you watched it for the podcast? I did. This is actually my second time watching it. I saw it in theaters when it came out. Oh, did you really? Mm-hmm. It was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it. I don't think I actually watched it all the way through before. Really? I was like, I don't remember anything. Oh, okay. No, I think it's really good. This is my second favorite of the Jordan Peele movies. Of course, when we covered Us, I said that Us is Yeah, I did too. But I could definitively say that now for a fact <laughs> that it is. Yeah. <laughs> second, it's still my second favorite. Right. Yeah, no, I like it. But I'm sorry that I can't speak on the African-American experience because I'm just a poor white girl. A poor white girl. <laughs> a poor white girl. But, I Boop, mean, I, shame. I, but, but I'm not like replacing people's brains. In, a, oh, in basements yeah. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about this movie, we can't relate to what you were saying, the experience. Yeah. So and we're not going to try. We're not going to try. That's not for us. So No. So we're going to just take it as presented to us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then just talk about it as best we can without like trying to interject our opinions about things because it's not for us to make an no, opinion about. And not saying we ever really would anyway. Well, yeah. But yeah. No. Just so. We're clear, like we're aware of what it's really trying to say. You know, yeah. it's just you don't want to hear it from us. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because we can't, we can't even fathom. So yeah. we're not even gonna try. We had this movie ranked as an eight on our scariness scale. Oh yeah, I can see that honestly. Yeah, it's freaky. It's freaky. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more situationally freaky. Like mm-hmm. if you were in that scenario, yeah. Like there's no like scary ghosts or creepy no, faces you know stuff not, like that it's not oogie boogies or anything it's just <laughs> it's just being oh there's oogie boogies but not well, quite like yeah 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 but <laughs> yeah it's not your like haunted house kind of horror it's like you have been manipulated into coming to this family's home and mm-hmm. now uh they have plans for you <laughs> yeah plans that uh nobody should ever have to go through no no it's terrible mm-hmm I'm so mad. I'm so mad. But. Yeah, no. <laughs> Are you ready to hear some background on the movie? Yeah, go for it. Get Out is a 2017 American psychological horror film that marked the directorial debut of Jordan Peele. The movie stars Daniel Kaluuya and Allison Williams in our main roles, basically. The plot revolves a young black man named Chris, portrayed by Kaluuya, who discovers disturbing secrets when he meets the family of his white girlfriend, played by Williams. I didn't realize this was the same guy in Nope. Yes. Yes, he is. And I didn't realize different. I didn't realize at the time either. Maybe just because I feel like I hadn't seen him in anything before when I saw him in Get Out. And then it had been enough years between Get Out and Nope that when I saw it I was like, Maybe you look familiar, but I can't tell you where. Yeah. And then oh, when I watched this again, I was like, Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. For sure. I I think the character's demeanor is so different. Yeah. But I didn't realize he was in nope. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact. Him. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> Principal photography for Get Out began in February 2016 in Fairhope, Alabama, and later moved to Barton Academy and Ashland Place Historic District in Mobile, Alabama. The entire film was shot in only 23 days. 
which is nothing for a film. Right. Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's so crazy. That's what buzz all. Um, <laughs> That's all. She's she's rendered speechless. Just it's no. Crazy. It's just like it's not a small movie too. Mm-hmm. Like what you would imagine it would be if it was only filmed under twenty three days. But they get shit done. Yes. What are all these other films doing that I they know. spend months and Wasting months in time? Time and money. Time and money. Let's go. <laughs> twenty three days. If they could do this movie in twenty three days. I want. I, I want all my sequels it, out now. Like, exactly. Come on. <laughs> Spider-Man into the universe or whatever. Into Spider- the universe. Into the Spider-Verse. Well, I'm that's an animated movie. That's I'm looking at you. Like, no, no kidding. <laughs> that's different. That's not the same thing. <laughs> the movie premiered at the Sundance Film Festival on January 23rd of 2017 and was released in theaters in the United States on February 24th in 2017 by Universal Pictures. Get Out received critical acclaim for its screenplay, direction, acting, and social critiques. It was also a major commercial success, grossing $255 million worldwide on a budget of $4.5 million, making it one of the most profitable films of 2017. The film was chosen by the National Board of Review, the American Film Institute, and Time as one of the top 10 films of the year. Jordan Peele won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay at the 90th Academy Awards, with additional nominations for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor for Daniel Kaluuya. Get Out also received nominations at the Critics' Choice Award, Golden Globe Awards, and British Academy Film Awards. It has been hailed by critics as one of the best films of the 21st century. Agreed. I, I love it. I didn't realize how many awards this won. It was a moment like when it came <laughs> it out. It was a moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it deserves all the acclaim and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. The writing, it has, it's not really funny, but it has like like the one character. The comic relief. Yes. It does have that Jordan Peele, like, comedic undertones. Mm -hmm. But they call it psychological horror, and I would definitely agree with that. That's where the... And it walks the line nicely of being, like, this, like, thriller, psychological horror to also being, like, a statement piece as well. Mm -hmm. But without being, like, now you have to rub your nose in it kind of thing. Like, how dare you? Right. So, yeah, I get all the awards and everything. It says exactly what it needs to say. Mm -hmm. and. It doesn't overstate it either. It's not like so in your face, but enough. You're like, okay, I get it. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. Get Out explores themes of racism and critiques post-racial America with the concept of colorblindness and neoliberalism. The film portrays middle-class white liberals as the villains, highlighting how their actions can unintentionally make life difficult for black people. It exposes a liberal ignorance and hubris that can lead to complacency and dangerous consequences. I will say this was just one of the many themes. I could have done way more, but that was like the overarching thing that I found. And then also a little bit here, Jordan Peele wrote the character of Rose, played by Allison Williams, as a subversion of the white savior trope. He wanted to challenge the idea that one good white character can redeem a story filled with evil white characters. Peele and Williams described Rose as emotionally delayed and ultimately evil, with her appearance transforming from soft and welcoming to a vision of cold, meticulous elitism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Oh my God. When she's done, she's done. Like I know, and it's so like the movie. I was like rooting for her, and then the second she turns, she's like a com- completely different person. So yeah. good on Allison Williams. Like I was like, there's no way she's bad. No. <laughs> and when you find the reveal, you're just like, God. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way she can be good in all of this. Right. Yeah. If you really think about it, there's no logical way that she wouldn't know right. what was happening. Like, come on. <laughs> ah, 
It was where so- do all my friends keep going? <laughs> like, like, but she keeps just bringing them home, even though they all disappear after that. Like, I know. I was just so mad. <laughs> Nick was really mad, too. He's like, no, I liked her. Oh, so you both hadn't seen it before? Oh, like, he, he hadn't end. seen it. Yeah. Oh, wow. He hadn't seen it at all. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. I knew it. I'm going to have fun with the plot then. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 98% based on 403 reviews with a critical consensus that it seamlessly weaves social critiques into a thrilling horror slash comedy. It was also highly rated on Metacritic and received positive audience scores. So overall, high praise. Yes. All the awards. Every award. (laughs) This is... Are you ready to get into the plot? Oh, I sure am. In the opening scene, an African-American man, later identified as Andre Hayworth, walks through a suburban neighborhood at night on the phone with someone asking about directions. A white Porsche pulls up ominously, and a masked man abducts Andre. Bye. Yeah. I was like, oh, do. And I was like, is this where the Run, Rabbit, Run song comes from? Run, rabbit, run, run. That's probably what (laughs) brought it into significance. Yeah, because I was like, it obviously has been going around on TikTok for like the last year and a half or whatever. Every once in a while, everyone will just tell their trauma dumping stories on it. And then oh, is I, that is that the music they choose for it, that? Some, sometimes, or I don't know. It's just whatever. But it was weird that I caught it here and I was like, is this what started it? Probably. Maybe. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard that song outside of this movie. Yeah. I've heard it definitely in TikTok. But other than that, mm-hmm. can't think of outside of that. Okay. It's what, 2017 this movie came out? Was yeah. TikTok really a big thing in 2017? Not no. yet. Nor. I don't think yeah. it was out until COVID. Oh, is that one? Okay. I think so. I don't know about TikTok, so we're just going to... I'm going to say, yeah, that's probably where people yeah. know this song from. In Brooklyn, New York, a black photographer named Chris Washington prepares for a weekend trip upstate to meet the family of his white girlfriend, Rose Armitage. Chris is nervous because Rose's parents aren't aware that their relationship is interracial, but she assures him that they are not racist. He liked Obama. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay. (laughs) She thanks. Okay. Cool. While driving over, they hit a deer and call the police. Chris freezes when he sees the deer dying at the edge of the woods. And when the police arrive, they request his license, even though Rose was driving, which Rose refuses to let him oblige. At Rose's family home, Chris meets her brother, Jeremy, neurosurgeon father, Dean, and hypnotherapist mother, Missy, who all make unsettling remarks about black people. I know. They're like, they're great. They're so cool. Like, And just- it's very subtle. Like, it's not like outwardly like we hate black people or anything like that. It's just very like, what do you mean? Well, I think they're trying to, what it is, they're treating him differently because he's black, but like overcompensating yeah because they're not saying anything bad it's all like like i said like it's like i voted for i vote for him again it's like treating him differently just because like every conversation that he has at this point on in the movie is all because of him being black yeah like no one ever wants to talk to him about like his photography or anything it's all about like mm-hmm. him as a black man front yes one thing for sure as an example i don't think i mentioned it in the plot until later but what sparks this is Dean Rose's father is giving Chris a tour of the house and shows a picture of his grandfather after he has lost a race to Jesse Owens. And he makes some sort of comment like, you know, it was great because he ran in front of Hitler and here this man is showing all of his 
Aryan white bullshit or something like that. And a black man wins this race. And Chris is like, yeah, that's cool, but kind of sucks for your dad, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, he almost got over it. (laughs) And it's just like, okay. (laughs) Like, which part did he almost get over? The fact he lost? Yeah. Or, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And it's clear that afterwards, if you really think about it, he really didn't ever get over it. No. It, the more you think about it. No. Oh, my God. It just clicked. Yeah. The Just, I mean, I'll point it out as we go through. It all clicked. <laughs> but, yeah. Like at the, oh, my God. Why they do. Oh, because he lost. It's because mm-hmm. he lost. And let me point out something else, too, because since you were like a first time watcher, exactly, you might not have noticed that when Rose refuses to let the police officer take Chris's license, Mm -hmm. it seems like she's being like, I'm standing up for him. Like, Mm -hmm. this is unfair, unjust. It's really so that the police aren't going to connect him when he goes missing. That like, oh, we pulled this guy over and now he's missing. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't think like why it all makes sense. Why? (laughs) I don't want to say now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did not get he did not give over that at all he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'll teach I'm gonna you make my whole life about this moment <laughs> oh my god yeah i didn't think about the mm. physical yes well. yes <laughs> well, all right so moving on, on. and Sorry. there's also some like other weird little weird comments too something about like his father like rose's not his father rose's father hates deer and when they said that they hit a deer mm-hmm. he's like i absolutely hate deer like when i see one die on the road like good riddance Okay. It just comes off very needlessly aggressive. <laughs> no. What's wrong with deer? Yeah. It's symbolic, though. Chris also witnesses odd behavior from the estate's housekeeper, Georgina, who seems to be obsessed with her reflection and drifts in and out mid-conversation. And their black groundskeeper, Walter, who is way too happy to be serving a rich white family <laughs> and runs right at Chris when he steps out that night to get some air. <laughs> Yeah, he's Run. running. And just then, running. like, as soon as he's about to roll up on him, makes a right. Yeah. Like, and doesn't stop dime. to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I almost hit you, didn't see you. Like, no, no reaction. No, just keep on going. Keep on. Keep, keep on, on. Keep it on. Keep on. Keep on. <laughs> dancing on. Drew, drew, drew. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and right inside, after that weird situation, Missy pressures Chris into a hypnotherapy session using the stirring sound of a teacup to cure his smoking problem. Oh, yeah. She's like, you want to be hypnotized now? How about he's, now? He's not really sure about it at all. And they caught that he had like some sort of nervous tick or something that he was feeling the need to smoke when mm-hmm. they were eating together earlier. So she was like, do you smoke in front of my daughter? And like, that's my kid. Like, what are you doing? Like, Shane was into it in a way. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, he's already hypnotized. So there's no consent at all. All right. She's happening. She brings it up like 10 times. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're going to get hypnotized now? Yeah. How about now? Did you decide? Like, you want to be hypnotized, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want it. <laughs> Too bad. We're already midway. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah, she's, she's like, well, oh, I guess I can't stop now. <laughs> right. I'm like, girl, back up. So while in a trance, Chris admits that when he was a child, his mother was killed in a hit and run, and he feels guilty for her death because he froze and couldn't accept what was happening. And this is similar to the deer at the side of the road mm-hmm. as well. That's why he froze up when he was watching it die. We see Chris floating away from Missy into this galaxy-like void, which Missy calls the sunken place. I really like that, where she's just like, now sink. And he's like, what? Now sink. And (laughs) and that's so cool. I was just like. Yeah. And 
it's just like this black void and you could kind of, I don't know, it almost looks like stars or like like bubbles as if he's like underwater in a way. Mm -hmm. And then all he can see of like the actual world is like just like a small like TV screen mm -hmm. just far, far away. Yeah. And I thought that was like, I don't know, I might just be looking into it, but symbolism like when he was watching TV when he was a kid. Oh, kind of. Like, like now he like to, he's forced to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When Chris wakes up in bed, he assumes it to be a dream until Walter apologizes to him for scaring him during his run last night. However, he is pleasantly surprised to be cured of his addiction to nicotine. Yay, it worked. Yeah. They oh, boy. They just really want him to be healthy. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Unbeknownst to Chris and Rose, a crowd of wealthy white people have arrived at the house for the Armitage's annual get-together. They all eagerly want to meet Chris and discuss some pretty insensitive things like how black is in fashion, trying to gauge his physique or virility in bed, and asking him about the modern-day African-American experience. Stop. Yeah, like— Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. Oh. Like, I feel like after two conversations of that, I think Chris is justified to just go sit in his room until the party's over. Yeah, I would have. Like, like, I'm done. Literally anything else. Yeah. <laughs> While stepping away to take photos, he runs into a blind art dealer, Jim Hudson, that's familiar with his photography. Additionally, Chris meets Logan and is at first relieved to have another black man at this party with him, but he's off-putting as well, behaving more like Georgina and Walter and attending the party with a woman significantly older than him. Yeah, at first I'm like, how are they connected? I'm like, oh. Yes. And I also want to point out, too, everyone that Chris has interacted with, like, so all of the help around the house and Logan now, too, are either wearing hats and or wigs. Hats and or wigs. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind for later. I, oh, I know. Yep, you just. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. But if you don't know. It's important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wigs, wigs and hats. Wigs and hats. Wigs and hats. <laughs> wigs and hats. Wigs and hats. <laughs> Frustrated by the antics of everyone there, he goes to the guest room to call his TSA friend. He's uh, the best character. Yes, his TSA friend Rod Williams to vent, who had previously warned him not to go with Rose to see her family because they could be crazy white people turning people into sex slaves. And I was like, fair enough, man. Like, like some white people put me crazy. <laughs> some white people. Just the white people. <laughs> They'd be crazy. Oh, I mean, look at the next movie we're going to do. It's just, it's literally white people be cray. Back at the party, Chris tries to take a picture of Logan, but the flash throws him into hysterics and he runs at Chris telling him to get out. Title card. <laughs> yes, he said the line. <laughs> he said the thing. <laughs> the others restrain him, and Dean later claims that Logan had an epileptic seizure. Girl, this was no seizure. There was no seizing happening. No, and he, he comes at him, and he looks crazed but terrified. Like, uh -huh. his eyes are like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't, like, make you see that over audio, obviously, but it's something. <laughs> the, the way you said that basically summed it up. So yes. <laughs> I think you hit it on the head. Thank you. Thank you. I'm an actor. Yeah, actress. <laughs> Away from the other guests, Chris confides in Rose of what happened with his mother and how uncomfortable this trip is making him. Rose and Chris then confess their love for each other and decide to go back to Brooklyn. Meanwhile, the party guests hold a silent auction disguised as a game of bingo, 
where Jim makes the winning bid with Chris as the prize. Dun, dun, dun! I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. It looks like a funeral, like his picture is up there. Yeah. And they're all being, they're, they're waving their little bingo cards, mm-hmm. like auction it's, paddles. It's supposed to represent like a slave auction. I kind of figured. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. an inkling. Mm-hmm. Later that night, Chris sends the photo of Logan to Rod, who recognizes Logan as Andre Hayworth, the man we saw getting abducted in the very beginning. Suspecting his sex slave theory is true, Rod tries to report the situation to the police, but they laugh and dismiss him. In Rose's room, while packing to leave, Chris finds a stack of photos containing all of Rose's past relationships with Black partners, including Walter and Georgina, despite telling him earlier that he was the first Black person she ever dated. Freaked out, he tries to leave, but Rose and her family lock him in. Jeremy attacks Chris, and Missy uses her teacup as a hypnotic trigger to knock him out, putting him back in the sunken place. Mm-mm. And she says something, too, like, right as soon as he goes under, like, you don't need to damage him any more than you already have. Like, he's just a product. Mm-hmm. Damn, that reveal of Rose. Yeah. Like, but, again, she just turns on a dime. Right, right. And then she's just like, bye. You were one of my favorites and stuff like that. Like, I'll just go up and do... Whatever weird shit I do when I'm not in a pretend relationship. I know. <laughs> the fact she's able to pull that off, though, time and time again, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess kudos, but also fuck you. Well, I think the reason that they say everything so cringy, too, is like, it's almost as if they're scripted. Oh, like, for like sure. since they've done this so many times, they've tested like what works or mm-hmm. whatever. So they're like, let's just say it like this way. <laughs> let's just say it. <laughs> let's just say it all this way. Follow we're, the script. We're, we're the so script. liberal. Yay. We're so liberal. <laughs> oh, God. We voted for Obama. We'd vote for him again. <laughs> In a fucked up way, they probably like do think that. But yeah, I remember I watched a couple of other explanations on the video and a few things like Jordan Peele said about the movie itself. And it's like, in a way, these people love black people just to, that they don't really understand them mm-hmm. or anything. It's more, it's like it's a fashion. Yeah. Know? I mean, like we'll a, say at the end. Yeah. Like it's just in style now for them to like them. It's not about really getting to know them on a personal yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Chris awakens strapped to a chair in the basement. He's shown a video presentation of Rose's grandfather, Roman, who explains that the family transplants white people's brains into others' bodies, granting them preferred physical characteristics and a twisted form of immortality. So there it is. They want to be them. Yes. And hats and wigs to cover the incision scars. Yeah. Yeah. Hats and wigs. Hats and wigs. Hats and wigs. (laughs) The video feed changes to Jim in pre-op for the procedure to answer any questions that Chris may have. He specifically wants Chris to know that he wants him for his artistic vision. And even though the Armitages mainly target African Americans, he doesn't care about his race. In a weird way, Jim tries to comfort him by saying that he won't be gone completely, just a passenger in the sunken place to observe Jim living his life as Chris. I'm sorry, that's worse. That doesn't comfort me at all. Thank you. No, I'd rather just be dead. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just, like. Right? Although, hear me out. I'd be interested to experience that for, like, a day. Like, if someone could just control my body and I just, like, watch. I know it sounds weird, but, like, to be, like, in that sunken place. Yeah. Like, yeah. that'd be so fucking I wouldn't, weird. I wouldn't like it at all. Oh, no, I'd probably be terrible, but I'd be interested <laughs> in seeing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Like, don't do anything bad. Like, don't get me arrested or anything. <laughs> but, like. But I'm curious. But like... I'm curious. Just, like, I don't have to do nothing. You got it. You got it. Just, just you do you. I want to take a nap in the sunken place. Just return my body when you're done. Yeah. And I feel like there's, like, a suspension of disbelief of how much, actually, you could really realistically do this. Like, I feel like if you removed, like, the person's, I don't know personality part of the brain to fit this other person into it like how are they constantly able to come back and forth kind of thing like with the flash like the person that's in the sunken place sometimes gains control yeah so it's not as simple as just like you're driving and only you have the motor functions really yeah i don't know i mean i don't (laughs) think this could ever actually happen ever thank god but but as far as how it actually, I don't know why a flash of light like snaps it out. It's just like oh, because of the hypnotism. That's what they're saying. Yeah, no, I understand, but because it's all about the little teacup mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think you just have to kind of like accept that's how it works. Yeah, don't question it. Mm-hmm. She was able to get this guy in a whole ass sunken place by stirring a teacup. Like no, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> So then the feed ends showing the clinking of a teacup being stirred and Chris is knocked out once again. When Jeremy comes to fetch Chris for the surgery, it is revealed that Chris blocked the hypnotic trigger by plugging his ears with cotton stuffing pulled from the chair. Hell yeah. Yes. Chris bludgeons Jeremy with a bake ball? Bocce. Bocce? Oh. You never put bocce ball? Nope. It's so fun. I love bocce ball. I don't even know what it is. Okay, real quick. So it's like you put a little white ball? Mm-hmm. on like, like somewhere okay you just toss the ball so oh. the, the point is just to get your ball as close to the white ball as possible oh okay it's fun i like it interesting so he bludgeons him with a bache ball and heads to the operating room where dean is preparing jim for surgery he surprises dean and impales him with the antlers of a deer mount out of nowhere yeah knocking over a candle in the process setting the room ablaze with an unconscious jim inside and i'm like good riddance bye goodbye missy attacks chris in the kitchen but he is able to stab and kill her unaware that jeremy is still alive chris is nearly subdued by him again but he eventually gains the upper hand and kills him i just want to say real quick you know like you watch a horror movie Either the protagonist or even the villain takes, like, a gunshot, setting them on fire, slitting their throat. Oh, yeah. Throwing them off a bridge a to kill them. ways to die. Like, you, he stabbed <laughs> Missy, like, barely. And she's like, oh, like, She just dies. And meanwhile, like, he basically gave Jeremy a brain injury. And this man makes it upstairs to try to <laughs> subdue him again. Right. It was just, <laughs> Missy just died so fast. I'm like, wow, okay. She just didn't even try. Oh, yeah, no. She done. She's really useless without her little teacup, though. And that's her weapon. She's yeah. a glass cannon. <laughs> and also, I like to think about it now, especially watching this again, is I'm like, so what was Jeremy's plan with his parents dead? Like, is he trained to do surgery and take over for his dad? Like, well, that's what he was going to school for, they said. Oh, really? That's, yeah. I, I was... never caught that, actually. Yeah. He seems so, like, rugged in, like, all the attempts to... His little weird comment is he wants to wrestle Chris when he first meets him. Like, no. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I never caught that what he was actually doing outside of this. Yeah, going to school for that. Oh, okay. Which is why he was, like, helping out and stuff down there. Okay. Okay. I just thought it was just, like, a lackey kind of situation. Yeah, no. Oh, all right. I guess they had some sort of 
I'm fairly, I'm like 99% sure that's what they said. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. I did not catch that. I'm sad that I didn't catch it. (laughs) That's okay. So when Chris tries to escape in Jeremy's Porsche, he unintentionally hits Georgina, who's possessed by Rose's grandmother, Marianne, and knocks her unconscious. Compelled by guilt from his mother's death, he decides to carry her into the car, but she awakens and attacks him. In the ensuing struggle, the car crashes into a tree and Georgina is killed. I know. As soon as he brought her in the car, I'm like, no. Don't do this. Don't. It's not her. It's, it's not worth it. It's not, <laughs> it's not worth it. Don't do it. No. It's not who you think it is. I really wonder if there would be a way to fix it. We were talking like, okay, so you know how they snap out of it? Mm-hmm. If you never redo the teacup, do you go back? Do you just like. I wonder because I guess that's how they fixed Logan. They kind of uh-huh. like took him away and they were like, yeah, yeah, he had a seizure. And I'm sure she was just in there like stirring that teacup right, that's, real hard. <laughs> that's what we were asking because you never really see. But then is that person in this, like, do you swap? Like now they're in the sunken place. Either way, I'm sure they're still in you. Right. And you'd have to constantly fight for control over them because Maybe. you would assume that they would have the more dominant position somehow in your brain yeah i don't know they don't really say one way or another Hmm. just things i think about (laughs) yeah well so technically so technically when georgina died two people died Mm -hmm. really if you think about it right so rose and walter who's possessed by rose's grandfather roman arrive and hold chris at gunpoint Walter attacks Chris, but he's able to incapacitate Roman with the flash on his phone, letting Walter momentarily regain control. Walter then takes the gun from Rose and shoots her, then himself. Like, I don't want to be part of this. I don't blame him. Yeah. Rose is wounded but alive, so Chris attempts to strangle her but finds himself unable to kill her. We see police sirens approach, and Rose cries out for help. This part, I'm like, no! Uh, yeah. I, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, this is going to end badly. Right, and I was like, it can't be, it can't be this. And Chris decides to surrender, but the driver is revealed to be Rod. He drives away with Chris, leaving Rose to bleed out on the road. I was like, thank God. Thank God. I was like, this is just, this is how this movie's going to end. Mm-hmm. Did you really? watch the alternate ending? Because isn't that how that ends? Like, the original? I guess it was depending on how Peel was feeling about the political climate at the time. So he said he wrote it during the Obama presidency, so people were feeling less racially charged or something mm-hmm. like that. So then he didn't feel like he needed to put that, I guess. Okay. I don't want to speak out of turn. It was confusing. I was like, so do you mean that <laughs> you wanted it for 2017 when Trump was in office to do this or when – I don't know. Well, but- I think – again, I also don't want to talk out of turn – I feel like if he had the original ending, which is basically what I thought it was going to happen, is that the original ending? Yeah. So in the original ending, he was going to be yeah. arrested and sent to jail. I think he didn't want to do that in 2017 just to, to give up hope kind to, of thing. That, so. but also that probably could have come across really divisive and like maybe a little too much that he wanted to state at too the time. Too much of the statement. Yeah. Just based on everything that had happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Does that make sense? I, I guess so. But, again, I don't know, but if I had to guess. Yeah, and maybe it's also more commentary on, like, you can kind of see that play out in regular day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So, in at least the scenario, there's an actual happy ending and what should happen. Like, right. So, take it as you will. Right. 
I'm glad it ended that way. Because yes, I was like, yes, so, I prefer this much more over well, the yeah. ending. <laughs> I would hope so. I really wanted to see him go to jail. Right. And roast him. I really think that he was... No, no. He was in the wrong. Right. He really shouldn't have done <laughs> any of this. Those people try to steal his brain, but, you know, send him to jail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you like to hear a little bit about hypnotherapy? I don't know. It's a little scary based on this uh, movie here. From what I found, it was mostly positive. Oh, never mind. Then yes, tell me. Okay. So hypnosis therapy, also known as hypnotherapy, is a therapeutic practice that utilizes hypnosis to help individuals reach a trance-like state of focus, concentration, diminished peripheral awareness, and heightened suggestibility. Hypnosis is a natural occurring state of heightened awareness that can be induced through guided relaxation, intense concentration, and focused attention. In this state, individuals may be able to explore painful thoughts, feelings, and memories that they might have hidden from their conscious minds. Hypnosis can be used in two ways, suggestion therapy and patient analysis. Hypnosis therapy has been shown to have various medical and therapeutic benefits and can be effective in helping people cope with pain, stress, and anxiety. Sign me up. <laughs> right? Sign me up. I was like, maybe I should do hypnosis. Check, check, check. I know, right? That's fine. <laughs> After I watch this movie, I'm like, yeah, it sounds fine. It sounds, yeah, we're good. Additionally, hypnosis has been suggested to reduce the symptoms of dementia. It is important to note that hypnosis is usually used in conjunction with other therapies and treatments. As part of a complete treatment plan, healthcare providers typically suggest other treatments such as cognitive behavioral therapy for conditions like pain, stress, and anxiety before or along with hypnosis. Hypnosis may be Effective as part of a larger treatment plan for quitting smoking or losing weight. Can we just do the hypnosis? Like, I don't want to do all the extra stuff. Like, just one and done. Right, right. How about we both just do hypnosis together and we'll report back? Yeah, we'll do a (laughs) whole episode on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, listen to our episode on Get Out and then check back. (laughs) We did some. Yes. Hypnosis therapy may not be suitable for everyone. Not all individuals are able. This just feels like the disclaimer when you get, like, see a drug commercial. Not all individuals are able to enter a state of hypnosis fully enough for it to work well. However, the more quickly and easily people reach a state of relaxation and calm during a session, the more likely it is that they will benefit from hypnosis. It is important to consult with a qualified professional who is trained in the use and limitations of hypnotherapy to determine if it is an appropriate treatment option. We could figure this out. I'm sure. <laughs> right. We well, can just we could do it. Look up some YouTube videos or something. Like, why pay out of pocket? Like, <laughs> exactly. I think between the two of us, it'll be fine. Yes. It rarely causes side effects, and it's generally safe when conducted by a trained professional. However, some individuals may experience mild to moderate side effects, such as headache, drowsiness, dizziness, and situational anxiety. Oh, no. That sounds worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> During my luck, I would do it, and it would just amplify everything. Oh, yeah. It almost is like it's not helping. Like, it's almost like you did it made it worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not right. It's almost like I was in a trance, and it was like, well, I, I mean, I hope this gets better, and then it wasn't. And it was a bad trip. Mm-hmm. It was a bad trip. So now I have some real-life experiences with hypnosis from Post Online. Core user and Hunter Post, I have two personal examples of the successful use of hypnosis. I had been smoking three packs a day of menthol cigarettes for years, and in 1987, when MIT went smoke-free, my department had sent me to a hypnotherapist. I haven't smoked a single cigarette since the first time I walked into the hypnotherapist's office, and it really wasn't all that hard for me to quit. He got me so relaxed that I slept through most of the first two days, which were luckily a weekend, and then had a harder first couple of days at work. 
Within a few weeks, I felt that I had definitely stopped smoking and the process was over. A year and a half ago, I went to see a hypnotherapist who helped me to stop eating added sweeteners and light carbs with an exclusion for very dark chocolate. Despite being surrounded at work by platters of cookies, brownies, etc., I was able to root out all the added sweeteners from my diet and almost all of the white carbs, and I've lost a significant amount of weight, lowering my triglycerides, etc. She's like, this has sweeteners. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it may work best, at least for me, on very specific things that you want to cut out, rather than general things like eating less or sleeping better. I haven't found that it has helped much with pain. Oh, well, that's not fun. No, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, sorry about your pain. Yeah. But at least you're not eating white carbs anymore. Right. And you can, I, you can smell those as sweeteners. <laughs> I know. I need to not eat white carbs. I just I can't. I can't stop. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Carbs are my favorite. I was like, so I want to do hypnosis for weight loss, but like, but I still want to eat some of the yummy things, though. Like, I don't want to be like completely. But <laughs> in theory... <laughs> You won't want it anymore. So you're yeah. not like missing out anymore because you don't even want it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like always when someone asks you, would you miss this if you never had it or. Oh, yeah. It's like, so. well, I never had it. So no, I, I wouldn't. How to- exactly. But now that you like it, you'd be like, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if you never were exposed to it to begin with, you wouldn't know any better. True. So there you go. You won't even want it. Yeah, exactly. I won't want it at all. <laughs> if you're hypnotized forever. Yes. I would have to go back probably for weekly sessions. <laughs> like, please put me under again. <laughs> the intrusive thoughts are coming through. <laughs> yeah. It's breaking through the hypnotism. <laughs> then we have another post from Reddit user apprehensive-cry-376 said, I once did a stint as part of a musical act. Opening up what? <laughs> Apprehensive cry. I'm like, same. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. He said, I once did a stint as part of a musical act opening for a stage hypnotist. It was my first exposure to hypnotism. It wasn't what I expected. He'd start by getting 10 volunteers from the audience. He said he needed at least 10 to assure that at least half of them were sufficiently suggestible for hypnosis. Some nights he'd be short on the 10, so I or one of my bandmates would go up to fill out the chairs. So I got to experience it from both the audience and participants' perspectives over many performances. Here's what I observed. It's real, but only in the subject's head, and only if the subject is willing— However, a susceptible person can be hypnotized without them realizing what's happening. It won't work on you if you overthink what's happening, or have completely lost your inner child's imagination, or if you're too drunk to maintain a cohesive narrative in your head. Some of it is pure BS and showmanship. This hypnotist was not above using shills for some of the more dramatic gimmicks. Curiously, this hypnotist's day job was a parole officer— All he'd say about that was that his unusual skills did come into play at work. My guess is that parolees found it difficult to bullshit this guy. I actually have a story about... The hypnotist? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So in college, I'm fairly certain your husband witnessed this too. Every year we'd have this guy come. I forget his name. But in the big hall, or it was a theater, big Mm -hmm. theater, he would come and perform and we got to see it as students. And we saw him probably three times, and he did the whole thing, got people from the audience to come up and did all the things. Like, you see a snake, or it's really hot, so they started taking off their clothes and Mm -hmm. all this crazy stuff. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Then we didn't realize at the time, the last time we saw him, our mutual friend, Charlie and I, friend Mariah went up. 
-hmm. we knew her. Right. And she wasn't part of anything and she was doing all the things. So I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Oh, yeah. So we know someone who went up and did something like and that. And actually experienced And yeah, that. she was there the whole show because they do weed you out basically if you're not like under the trance or whatever you consider it. Mm -hmm. But she was there. She was doing all the things. Like he took off his belt. He's like, it's a belt. And said, now it's a snake. And they all freaked out. Okay. They were all doing all that crazy stuff. So I was like, okay, it's got to be real because she wasn't like in on it or anything damn yeah oh gee okay interesting yeah that's curious mm -hmm. <laughs> i just put the full reddit story in here but i did see when i was scrolling through about one guy was doing hypnotism as like part of a stage show he had been called up while on a cruise ship and uh, let's just say he thought he was alone and decided you know like well i'm alone and what do I do when I'm alone and have some private Woo! time to myself? Free show. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he came back out of it and he was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And, oh, no. And, you know, he wasn't completely decent at that point anymore. Yikes. Yeah, someone stop this man, please. <laughs> yes. They're like, let's see how far he goes. <laughs> right. Oh, so. jeez. Yeah. That'd be. And he had no recollection of actually doing it. So. Yikes. Oh, mm -hmm. Also, I have the account of Reddit user Swedish Fishy that states, When I was about 12, I was deathly afraid of witches and aliens coming into my room to kidnap me. You can thank Signs and my mother for reading me accounts of the Salem witch trials. Yeah, you know, just put you to sleep. <laughs> By the way, then they stoned the witch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I went to sleep to. <laughs> it got so bad to the point where I would sleep in the hallway every night for only a few minutes at a time. I was hypnotized by a psychologist to get to the root of the problem and to ease my fears. The only thing I remember was lying on her couch in her office hugging a teddy bear tightly. She asked me, on a scale from 1 to 10, how afraid of aliens and witches are you at night? I responded with... 13. <laughs> 13 degrees. 13 like, degrees of screen, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I responded with 10, and she assured me she was going to make that a zero after our session. She then told me to relax all of my muscles as much as possible, take a deep breath, and count backwards from 10. That's all I remember. Seriously. I remember coming to a while later when she asked me, okay, now how afraid are you? I responded zero, and my mom and I left. I had no problem whatsoever sleeping in my room from there on out. I didn't even think about witches or aliens after being hypnotized. It was incredible. And I finally got the first night of sound sleep in months. You didn't think about witches or aliens? What a sad life you e live. Ever again. I, I love thinking about witches and aliens. <laughs> like, it's like every other day. Well, if it terrifies you to that degree where you're only sleeping for a couple minutes every night, maybe you don't have to think about them if you don't want to. You'll sleep when you die. It's fine. <laughs> Alex, you're so positive. <laughs> And then he also added an edit. Like, I should also add, my mother was in her office with me during the entire session. She told me it lasted about an hour. And the psychologist and I just talked things through about why I was afraid, what would happen if they came into my room. She periodically asked me how afraid I was on the scale from 1 to 10. And the number steadily decreased throughout the entire session. And shrugs. Weird, man. <laughs> weird. Weird shit. Wow. So weird. <laughs> so in summary, hypnosis therapy is a therapeutic practice that utilizes hypnosis to help individuals reach a trance-like state of focus, concentration, diminish peripheral awareness, and heighten suggestibility. It can be effective in people cope with pain, stress, and anxiety, and may be used as part of a larger treatment plan for quitting smoking or losing weight. However, not all individuals are able to enter a state of hypnosis fully enough for it to work well, and it is important to consult with a qualified professional to determine if it's an appropriate treatment option. 
I also saw a lot, too, people, especially specialists, answering this question. I'm like, I'm looking for experiences, though. Like, if you have not been hypnotized, I don't want to hear about it. But <laughs> but I kept reading people saying, like, I'm a hypnotherapist, but, you know, it, it all comes down to how willing the person is and how much they want something to happen. Like, so if you want to lose weight, you have to go in believing that that's what you want to happen. Like, you yeah. can't just be like, and this will change everything. Like, all right. They just, you know what it is? They just convince themselves so hard <laughs> that it works, that it just works. Yeah. Like, the therapist didn't do anything. <laughs> They're like, Now that her. you've talked it out, <laughs> yeah. we're all ready now. You did it all yourself. I didn't do jack. Yes. Thank you. I will take some money, though. <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> Give me your fucking money. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we always appreciate it. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next week. Stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> run, rabbit, run, 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 run. Run, run, run. run. <laughs>